Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Attack in the Championship podcast. I'm your host, Tom Butterfield, and I'm here with my resident guest and expert, David Bromley, who is again going to help us understand more about how teams are attacking that championship. So I set David a challenge or asked him to, for today's episode anyway, to pick two teams from the championship at his will. So which teams did you pick today, David, and why did you pick them? Hi, Tom. Hello, Hello. mate. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, good you? Stuff. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I really should get into the habit of saying hello to you first before I just <laughs> <laughs> go straight in and get you doing stuff. So well, uh, hello, mate. Great to see you as always. You too. What have you got for us? Well, I thought we could... Uh, it was It was interesting because I thought we could take the top and the bottom of the, of the okay. division as it yeah. stands. So we're seven games in now, mm-hmm. and it's not a large sample size. We've talked a bit about that. So we we have to acknowledge, you know, you can have a certain degree of confidence in conclusions that you draw, but it's not going to be high at the moment because sure. we've got this small data set. But as the as the division is unfolding and seven games is not nothing, you know, it's something to go on. I think one of the most interesting things is if you look at the top and the bottom, you get two teams there, which probably on the face of it, perhaps at the beginning of the season, wouldn't have been the experts' choices for top and bottom. Absolutely. Um, but perhaps even more interesting, we've already said last week how we're really kind of inclined towards the attacking side of the game. And if you start looking at beyond just the positions in the league, but at their attacking output, the first thing you find is we mentioned this measurement that we've created called the game changer score. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about that in in terms of player game changer scores, but there's a team game changer score too. Just to sort of refresh our memory on this, this is a this is a a number that we've come up with, which is a combination of different attacking metrics. Um, so it's it's designed to show you the degree to which a team or a player is achieving attacking output compared to the average. Mm-hmm. And you can we'll say a bit more about that in regard to players because the average you have to go into it a bit and say, well, what is the average? We can talk about that a bit more, but clearly in terms of the teams. It's the average in, in the league. And if you look at the the first thing you notice is if you look at the, the division and the game changer scores, Preston at the top and Middlesbrough at the bottom have an almost identical game changer score <laughs> of 92 and 91% respectively, right. which effectively means that they're both producing slightly less attacking output than the average, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting in and of itself, for teams leading the division, but they're below the average attacking output of the league. But they're both the same, and they're 24 places or 23 places apart. Oh, that's amazing. It is amazing, actually. And and it kind of leads you to, obviously, the, the obvious next question is, well, what's what's bringing that about? You know, why mm. is that the case? Absolutely, um, yeah. That was my next question for you. Okay, right. Well, when you start digging into it, and this is what we're going to do, you referred to, I think, this sort of process that we talked about in the last episode, rather than just sort of flinging numbers around and bringing out stats for the sake of it, 
what we're going to try and do is is actually take ourselves and you listening through a process that's that's designed hopefully to make some sense um so i don't know if you want me to just kind of refresh yeah go for it that so yeah okay so what we're going to try and do is we're going to take the team's expectation if we're looking at teams we're going to take the team's expectation and we'll derive it we can talk about well where do you get the expectation from we can talk about that but we'll take their expectation and then we'll look at the act the actual performance and the accomplishment the attacking performance and we'll compare it with the expectation and we'll say well you know is it adequate is it about what you'd have expected are they outperforming might have been expected or are they underperforming it and then we'll try to continue down that path yeah. and where there's not a, a synchronization between where you'd expect them to be and where they are we'll try and look into it and try and explain it and particularly if they're underscoring it so you might if you if you put yourself in the position of the club or the the head coach or the manager for example you'd be interested to know well okay yeah we're very keen to know where we are in the division but we're also keen to know why it's that way. Absolutely, yeah. What particular areas might we be deficient in? And so we're going to try and do, we're going to take each team, we're going to go through that process, and it will spill out into other areas. It will eventually spill out into recruitment, and talking about players that have been brought in how, and how, why they might have been brought in to solve what particular problem, what to what degree they are solving that problem, and then maybe what the club might be thinking of doing about that if they're not and then we'll look at the wider market of players and we'll try to come up with some appropriate players mm. you mentioned this also last week the key word isn't it the key word is appropriate isn't it it is yeah i mean we've talked a lot about this haven't we where it's very easy these days to get a list of good players you know or players who are performing well even but it's not very easy to get a list of players who are performing well in certain disciplines where those disciplines might be particularly able to address particular requirements. I know I'm being a bit sort of generic here, but yeah, for mate. example, if you said, look, we are a team playing in, in a direct style of play and we, are we aren't creating enough chances. We, the chances we are creating, we're scoring goals, but we're not creating enough. Mm -hmm. um, we're therefore looking for types of players who can do certain jobs, but within the context of a direct playing style. Absolutely, and yeah. that list of players that we're seeking would be a different list to the list that a team playing in a different style would be looking for. So we're going to attempt to do that. And I think mm. I think I said this last week, it is quite ambitious. And we're not going to pretend that we've got all the answers and that it's a perfect scientific experiment that you can come up with a perfect answer to because it isn't. But I think we're going to we are going to try to use some logic and and try and direct it down a certain path. So I mean that's kind of a long winded way around, perhaps. But just to kind of set the scene as to how we might look at both these teams. Yeah, and I I, I think that's that's the thing. And is no process is perfect, but you can always look to improve that process. So we're not saying that every player that comes out is the absolute perfect one because. We don't know that. Uh, you know, we might not have even heard of some of them because no. we can't have a rolodex of over five hundred thousand plus professional footballers. You know, it's not possible for any one person or any one organisation to fully scout all of them. So, part I like about this process is that it 
it cuts that down straight away. You know, it gives you a data-driven objective uh, place to start, and it will give you a list of X number of players, which you can start with. And of course, if the scouts then come back and say, well, all of these are terrible, you know, none of them are what we wanted, then you can go back and rework the process until you start to get some things that are, that are coming out. So I, I think the process is is really good and it will be really interesting to see where it takes us through the season. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, without sort of di- digressing too much, you know, you hit, you hit the nail on the head really about there being a need for a process. When you have a process, you have something that you can criticise, something that you can objectively criticise, not just criticise for the sake of it, but you can deconstruct you can look at the individual parts you can try different things you can measure the results of these things i suspect i've said all this on the last episode because mm. it's something i talk about a lot but um, it, um, when you have a process you have something like that and then and it's remarkable actually how much progress you can make just by making small incremental changes to, to things so we're going to be as you say it's going to be evidence driven and we're going to try and get to where we want to try and get to on the back of some sort of objective basis. I don't know if you want me to go back and have a look at no. these teams. Are we, yeah, pick, let's, we, let's go for it. Yeah, let's go could, for it. We could start with Preston because uh-huh. they're the top of the league. Yeah. Um, they've earned that right. No, they can be first. The right. They can be Absolutely first. Absolutely, yeah. they have. They can yeah. be first and Middlesbrough can be last out of the two, but, you know, they are at the moment, so they're just going to have to take yeah. that, aren't they? They are going to have to. <laughs> Obviously, the first thing you notice is, if you're looking for it, is the almost identical game changer scores. And that Mm. raises the question of, well, what's actually going on behind that? And Mm. you can break down the attacking contribution into two basic parts and say, well, attacking is all about trying to score goals. So are we creating enough opportunities to score goals? How are we doing in that regard? And then secondly, are we actually converting those opportunities to goals and how well are we doing that? So you could, broadly speaking, you could break it down into those two main sort of subheadings. And the first thing you notice is when you start looking at it is that Preston and Middlesbrough have an almost complete sort of mirror image of each other in regards to how many chances they're creating and how many they're converting. Wow. Preston have been extremely clinical. You know, they're very high, highly ranked in the in the league for the number of goals they've scored. And if you look at their XG, their expected goals, and their the other metrics that are sort um, of aimed at assessing the number of chances they're creating, they're low down on the list for those things. So the, so that the first thing you realise is, look, they're running hot to to use an industry term, if you like. Then yeah. it's concerning because hot streaks, generally speaking, mm. have a tendency to revert to the mean and and not last. So, yeah. you know, I think that's one thing they would be con- they would be concerned about. Yeah, we're we're scoring goals. They've um, scored uh, twelve goals in seven games, um, but their xG is pretty poor um, and. Things like shots on target and general goal creating actions are low. So, mm-hmm. if anything, that, that, you know that that's the concern they'll have. So, if I you look if, at if I, sorry, if I, I, that's okay. Yeah, if I remember rightly, I think they struggled with scoring goals last season. They very much did. Um, yeah, I think they ended up. 
They didn't concede many. Yeah. yeah, they didn't concede many, but I'm sure they didn't score very many either. So they scored 45 goals last season in which, a 46 you know, game season. Of, yeah, so that that was a serious issue they had. Really, what we what we would have done. So really trying to be true to this process I've talked about, what we would have done here in, is we would have said, okay, let's look, let, let's start at the end of last season. Hmm. So let's look at the expectation of the team last season at the beginning of last season, how they finished the season and compare that and say, really, let's have, let's review last season and see what kind of season Preston would have had. And hmm. last season, they were expected to finish 10th. The general consensus, and we we touched on this before about how do you find that, how do you establish what what the general expectation is? And we talked about the bookies and you know yeah. trying to get a figure that's consistent. And the general consensus was that they would finish 10th and they finished 12th. So, you know, it was a decent season in regards to the comparison with with where they perhaps would have been expected to finish. But when you dig into it, you're quite right. Their goals tally was very poor. Their expected goals tally was also poor. And, you know, you'd have you'd have looked at it and thought, well, they're the areas, the, the attacking areas of creating opportunities and scoring goals is where we need to concentrate in the close in the summer. And I think actually, if you look at it, they did a pretty good job because they, and I think the manager's, pretty pleased with how they did so they signed six players that might be considered what we what we're doing the next thing we're doing is we're saying okay once we've established um, the comparison between what the expectation was and what the actual accomplishment was as mm -hmm. regards attacking output we're going to then look at what they might have been expected to do about that where did they fall short yeah, and we've come up with three player types, um, attacking player types, mm -hmm. which are not difficult to to understand at all. The first one is the striker, which obviously is clearly his primary responsibility is to score goals. The second one is we term a chance creator, and there's clues in the name there. So somebody whose primary responsibility is to create goal scoring opportunities. So that would tend to be wingers and maybe number 10s attacking midfielders. And then the third one is what we term um, attacking support players. And these players are generally other midfielders who don't have a an exclusive defensive brief. So you might rule out a number six, but mm -hmm. you rule in a number eight. Technology. But you'd Wait. use players that weren't necessarily outright goal um, chance um, creators, but they they had a heavy... Um, responsibility to add to the attacking contribution of the team. So we've got these three different player types. And what we're doing is we're trying to say, well, depending on where the deficiencies are, if you've if you're not scoring goals, you know, if you're creating a lot of chances and you're not scoring goals, then clearly your deficiency is is in the air in the goal scoring area and you're looking for a striker. Mm -hmm. If you're scoring goals, as we're looking at Preston, and but but you're not creating much, then you'd be looking certainly looking at chance creators, and you might be depending on the areas when you get even deeper into where the areas are that you're deficient in. You might you might also add on attacking support players, or they may be the the only ones you are looking for. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to 
let the numbers tell us the type of role that you're short of. And then what we'll do from there is go into the market and say, well, we're looking at these types of players, but there's an overlay, which is what type of playing style are we looking for? So we might be looking for a striker or a chance creator or an attacking support player, but we've got five different playing styles. Mm. And we mentioned that earlier. So the list will be a sort of, you know, it will be leaning towards the, the the appropriate playing style and we're hoping that w- this will give us as we talked about earlier a list of appropriate players more than just players that are doing well you know that that's kind of where where what the process is and i guess we're laboring this a bit but it's new and you know um i, I we... think it's important that that people understand or, or get to grips with it because like you said it is a, it's a new process it's not one that i know of that's being used a lot in clubs. I mean, not not that I would necessarily know about lots of different clubs, but it's not one that I've certainly heard about. And I think it's good to just walk through it, you know, take everyone through it first. And then, as you say, we'll run through it with with Preston and with Middlesbrough just to get people uh, familiar with it. And uh, as much for us as it is for, for them as well, because it, it was literally just an idea, was it? And then I've kept bombarding you with questions and then, and then here we are. So... Do you want to go through, you mentioned about Preston, you know, running hot and they're scoring a lot of goals, but they're maybe not creating much. No, their their expected goals is a lot lower than their actual goals they've scored. So they're overperforming in that conversion side of things. Mm. So if, if we pick it up from there, wh- mm. where would you, where would we move next with, with Preston once we've identified that? Well, I, I was, I'd gone back to, last season just because that gives us the opportunity to say well what did we do about it and and mm. you know rather than looking at this season yeah which we're going to have to think about for the next transfer mm-hmm. windows coming up but if you looked at last season you you as you rightly say you know they were they were struggling to score goals and i mean they were struggling a bit to create chances as well so okay. you you could make a case actually for last season for saying that they needed all three player types, but they certainly mm-hmm. needed a goal scorer. And I think that you could make a strong case for saying they needed chance creators as well. Mm-hmm. So on the basis of that, what did they do about that? What they did about it was, as I think I mentioned, they brought these six players who we we might regard as, as attacking or at least have an attacking inclination. Some of them outright attackers. Um, I'm probably going to butcher these names. I'm some of these names. <laughs> we can get I'm some Preston them. fans to come in and put us right on that. That's no, no problem. Yeah, we're okay Absolutely with that. Absolutely no doubt. <laughs> so, but they brought in um, Osmajic from Cadiz, who I, I have to say I didn't know anything about. No, no um, me neither. And he's played a bit. He's played a bit lesser than two full games worth of minutes, but he's he's done pretty well. He's scored a goal. Um, he's uh, made some other attacking contributions, shots and target, and mm-hmm. some a few passes that have led to other opportunities. He's mm-hmm. done pretty well since he's come yeah. in. Um, Leighton uh, Stewart hasn't yet played. Um Will Keane, a name that you know will be familiar to a lot of us. Um, done much really easier well. to say as well. Much easier to say it's than Osbajic. <laughs> much easier to say. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll get that one right. Um He's done well, played five games, scored four goals and, you know, done other things as well. Four goals from 2.8 expected goals. So 
you know he's done they've all contributed really when you look at them to the fact that they've they've outperformed their expected goals by about 70 percent or something so they've really they're really running hot the other one that is a challenge to the commentator is mass i think it's froyer i think you pronounce it is a dane a midfielder who's come in he's played most of the games most of the minutes scored a goal um, he's got a, a an individual game changer score of 116 percent so he's running at you know, above the average for a midfielder in this division. He's, and again, he's slightly outs, outscored his XG. Um, Dwayne Holmes, um, a midfielder that's come in and, and running at 195% for his game changer score. Scored two goals and created sorry, plenty of passes that have open play passes that have led to shots on goal. Um, and Liam Miller equally has done very well. I mean, they've all done well. The ones that have pl- that they brought in have played. You can see why uh, Ryan um, Lowe has been really pleased with their recruitment in in the summer because they have really contributed i think between the six of them they've contributed nine goals so you know it's 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 a, a feather in the cap for whoever's made those decisions um, so you can you can see what they've done about it and it's word at, worked out well what hasn't necessarily worked out quite so well is you know they're not creating much um, they're a pressing team and they were a pressing team last last season primarily so that hasn't really changed they're slightly more direct in this first sort of seven games than they were before they're um, not particularly any more bothered about dominating possession or particularly attacking and that's borne out in obviously. some of the attacking support numbers rather than just the goals um so um, what what you might say now is look on the basis of where they are at the moment the um, chance creators would be the ones that you might be looking at and thinking, look, if things and, and let's be let's let's remind ourselves again, you know, this is seven games, mm. so we're not we're not suggesting anybody should be panicking about this, but you know, the numbers are the numbers. So mm. um, if they're thinking about where they go with with their recruitment, then that that might lead them to the point where they're thinking about, you know, have we got the players that can create the, the opportunities. And, you know, the first concern might be we're, we're, we're top of the league, but we are converting just about all the chances we're creating <laughs> and some. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's a kind of overview really of, of their, their beginning, the beginning of their season at Preston. Hmm. So it, it will certainly be interesting, won't it, to see if, if the recruitment is, literally you know out of this world and these players are going to continue to massively overperform over a 46 game season but then you would you would feel with no disrespect to any team in the championship or Preston that if these players were this effective at doing their job in those systems then they wouldn't be in this division they would be higher up you'd have expected a scouting network to pick it up because they would have been perhaps this productive elsewhere wouldn't you so hmm. like you say there is that danger of yes it's great to be at the top of the league at the moment but we would expect these numbers to even out over a season and and maybe revert back to maybe not back to the mean or, or from last season because they've made some changes that that may well you know get them another five ten goals a season or something and, and have them pushing closer to the playoffs but um but yeah like you say Form is form is temporary, I suppose, isn't it? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm prepared to stick my neck out, Tom, and say they won't be running at 170% of their XG. It's unlikely, isn't it? For very much. <laughs> yeah, it is it is um, unlikely. Know. So um yeah, I mean it, it, there's two ways of looking at it, of course. You can look at it and say, well, isn't it fantastic how clinical we are? Hmm. Or you can say, as we're kind of alluding to, you know, is there a, an underlying issue that we need to address here? Um, so what we're but, saying is that we're we're bursting the Preston bubble party straight away, and we're saying, <laughs> <laughs> well, what David's saying is, <laughs> so um, yeah, so it it will be really interesting to see where we are in another seven games or another five games. Yeah, sure. And to see if it does revert to the mean. So so with with Preston, from what I understand, we've gone through the issues last year was chance creation and chance conversion. And even though chance conversion is excellent this year, they're still relatively low, or certainly lower than their um their position at the moment for their actual chance creation. So those attacking support players and those chance creators are not quite delivering on, on what they want them to be well they're you know when you, when you compare them with where they are in the league hmm. it's 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 re- nothing short of remarkable really you know, but they're, they're up 20th for shots on target look these metrics individually wow. they're not they're not all that revealing individually but when you try to combine these metrics up into something that's a bit more influential you know, your XG, if you're 18th in the table for your XG and you're top of the table, you know, something's going on there. Yeah. We've seen, to be fair, we've seen teams manage to get through a season with, you know, without really lining up with their XG. It's happened. And it's happened yeah. from, in both regards. You know, mm. I think last season, for example, West Brom's XG differential you know, the expected goals at four against the expected goals against mm-hmm. was the best in the league. Right. Even when they were way down the league. Mm. And that, that's happened. But, yeah. um, you know, so look, it's not impossible, mm. but it, it's, a, it, I think. Improbable, you know, I suppose. I would say so, yeah. Uh, so we've said that it's improbable that Preston will stay at the top. So having alienated ourselves from the entire <laughs> Preston fan base, yeah, is there a chance? Good. Is there a chance that we can now befriend the Middlesbrough group by saying that it's improbable that they're going to stay at the bottom of the league, or are they, is that where they're going to well, going to finish, David? You know, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. I'm just <laughs> going to try and. I mean, I think you would you would imagine so. The first thing you do mm. is you go, well, look, they're both running at about the same. Mm level of of achievement of attacking accomplishment mm-hmm. this is what the game changer score is trying to tell you yeah so some things you know it's really really strange i mean if you look at i'm looking at the league table here which and i'm looking at the game changer scores that are colored to show you you know if you're way outperforming the average or way underperforming the average or about average Mm-hmm. And as you'd expect, the the colours that show that you're underperforming are almost exclusively the bottom six. Right. And the yeah. ones that show you that you're overperforming are almost exclusively the top six, except for <laughs> Preston and Middlesbrough that are bucking. Wow. Train. 
So it really is start. It really is start. So if you look at Middlesbrough's um, performance, yeah, I mean, I think I said earlier. Well, if you go, let's let's be consistent. Let's go back to the end of last season, Mm -hmm. and I think Middlesbrough's expectation last season at the beginning of last season was fourth. They were expected to do very well, Mm -hmm. and what did they do? Lo and behold, their expected goals was the best in the division. So they finished fourth. Um, so they were along the lines of where you would have expected. So really, when you look at perhaps what they might have said at the end of the season, where there wasn't that kind of real, well, look, you know, we've got lots of holes we've got to plug here. Mm. You know, they uh, were creating chances uh, and they were scoring goals. I mean, there was they were second in the number of goals scored. So really, you would have said, look, we're creating chances and we're scoring. So there wasn't a massive area for, for for attention. But of course, when they, when that leads you on to, well, what did they do? We can look mm-hmm. at what they did yeah. and who they brought in as we're going to. Mm-hmm. But the first thing you're probably going to think about is who did they lose? Absolutely. Yeah, that was the first thing on my mind, yeah. When you've got two players like Akpom and Archer who are scoring, you know, at will really. Yeah. Um, that's why they were so high in the in the division for goal scorers. Was it um, 28 league goals for Akpom last year? May have even been higher yeah, than that. You've got me on know. that. Yeah, um, I'm, 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 I'm just picking lot. a number. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 28 yeah. is enough to yeah, be yeah. successful. So, yeah. and that's a and that's a big amount of goals to to fill, isn't it? You know, mm. to put back into your team. And, and Archer, of course, was was excellent. And he's he's since moved on from. He was on loan from Villa, wasn't he? He's moved on now. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, but yeah, you know, there's, two, there's two a massive hole, players. isn't there, in your in your attacking weaponry there absolutely yeah um so ordinarily the numbers would say well you're you're doing well you're okay but that was the that was the little sort of subplot Mm. that needed to be addressed and if you look at what they did tom so so really what we're saying is the numbers are not telling us they need to change those players but we know they do because we know that that's where the goals came from yeah so what they did is they signed seven, well, six probably players that you might say were well, their kind of attacking inclined players. Um, Latte Lath, an outright centre forward striker who has done okay, he's done about average. Um, he's played about half their, their minutes scored a goal. Um, you know, uh, he's been reasonably busy around the, the penalty area. Uh, nothing particularly you know, overwhelming, really. You've got to feel a bit for, for players who come in on the back of uh, players who've done so well on the way out. You know, he's got a lot to live up to. So they'd been looking for him to do a bit more than average, wouldn't they? And they brought Sam Greenwood in, midfielder, who has only played a few minutes. Um, They've got Alex Gilbert, who hasn't played yet, who's another forward. They've got Morgan Rogers in, a midfielder, but plays a kind of quite an attacking role, has played most of their games. I think he's played just over four, the equivalent of 490s for him. Hasn't particularly caught fire. I mean, he's done okay here and there, but his attacking contribution is less than average. His game changer score is 96%. Um, They've um, got Silvera in there, 
who again really I think for a a forward mainly a forward player hasn't scored and you know he's, I think he's had one point eight xG so he's had opportunities um, but and he's made some contribution not, but not great at all fifty seven percent so he's finding it tough yeah um, so they've really the players they brought in just haven't really caught fire their style last season was mainly a possession-based style. They were high on attacking as well. Uh, They didn't ever play the ball direct. They didn't counter much because they liked to be in possession most of the time. Reasonably high press. Um, This um, season, it's been mostly the same. bit more attacking, really, if anything, possibly. Um, But there's not much Um, in it. But it's just not happened for them in front of goal. So, you know, where they are, at least as far as the numbers are concerned, is looking at certainly the goal scoring still and probably still looking at creating more chances than they have. So, again, we've got some lists out. I don't know whether we'll get to the point this time round where we'll be talking about specific solutions. We know the style that they're playing in. We know the kind of players that that they're looking for, or at least the roles that those players will need to play. So we can get these appro- lists of appropriate players out, you know, but it's, as I said, it's, they're a mirror image of each other, really. Those two Fascinating, players. isn't it? You know, for a team to be top of the league and for a team to be bottom of the league and be so similar in, in, in different ways. Um, it, it's sort of, you know, Preston are just scoring everything that comes their way and Middlesbrough just not converting. You know, whereas last year they would have been doing the complete opposite to each so, other. It's um, yes, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. And but, I mean, it's interesting when you look at what happened last season there under Chris Wilder and the terrible start they had. Mm. Um, and you know, they made. I mean, the ironic thing is they made the change and they brought Michael Carrick in because they'd had such a terrible start. Yeah, and now they've had a terrible start again. Um, yeah, so that, you know, I don't know what what conclusion you can draw from that, but. And it's just, um, this is the championship, Tom. You know, this is yeah. what we were talking about yeah. so at length last last week or the last uh-huh. episode. It was, this is what happens. You just can't, nobody would have predicted this at all. Would no, 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 no one would have thought that, that Middlesbrough would be would be down there and, and Preston would be up there, you know, with, with respect to, to Preston and, and to Middlesbrough. You know, that's not where their expectations were at the beginning of the season, was it? Not at all. So, um Ah, interesting stuff. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, of course. Make sure you share it with your nearest and dearest and anyone you feel may find value in the uh, in the information. And uh, we'll catch up with you in the next episode. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.